You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. And welcome everybody to what has become my favorite month of TPC's broadcasting calendar. Sure, Confederate History Month tugs at the heartstrings and hits a little closer to home. I enjoy it immensely, but for the past uh, four years now, I have just grown quite fond of TPC's annual March Around the World, which begins again or renews this evening during this month-long special series. As you know, we will showcase leaders and elected officials from different European nations as we seek to discover how our kinsmen are faring throughout the Western world. And it's going to be a month of broadcasting you won't forget as we travel throughout Europe and beyond with some of our people's finest representatives. Kicking things off tonight, we're going to take a trip all the way over to Croatia with Dr. Tomislav Sunic. Also tonight, uh, backtracking to Canada in the second hour, where we'll reconnect with Paul Fromm, the director of the Canadian Association for Free Expression. That is coming up. We are going to have some familiar favorites like these two tonight. I think Tom and Paul have featured in every installment of March Around the World that we have done. Uh, we're going to have some returning favorites and some new faces uh, to add to this year's rotation. And I look forward to it, Keith. This is, uh, again, a special time in our broadcasting calendar, March and April. Back-to-back special series. I'm ready. Are you ready? I always have a, a – yes, I am. I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Tom Sunick. I'll never forget when I took him on my patented ghetto tour of Memphis, and uh, he, he wound up in the fetal position. That was Newt Erickson. Seat. You keep getting it wrong. It was Newt, Newt Erickson. That no, it, it was also uh, 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 Newt. I remember him, but um, I don't think he got in the fetal position. But nonetheless – it just shows you how scary to strangers uh, a trip through the black part of town is. But Tom is a great guy. We have he's been over here several times, and he. No, that's right. He's always over here for something or, or another, or a conference or an I event. Remember he's an international where we ate. I remember the conversation. I remember everything about it. He he's a really a smart guy, memorable guy. I remember when we went out to uh, uh, you know our friend who has the orchard. Uh, in Memphis, and he uh, he loved that place. In fact, he was trying to uh, figure out a way that he could move there because <laughs> he enjoyed it so I much. I do remember that day. Yep, we took him out to a uh, to that, and uh, had a good time doing it. So uh, we are waiting to connect with him, having a little bit of uh, connectivity uh, issues. Uh, Keith, uh, hold court for a minute. I'm going to try to give him another number. Okay. Well, <clears throat> Tom Sunik is uh, a former. Uh, Croatian diplomat, diplomat, professor, yeah. so on and so forth. Talk talk about local politics for just a second while we, before we get over there to Croatia. Well, okay, we'll do that. Well, local politics, there's been an article by Paul Kersey recently about the Memphis mayor, uh, who is black, just elected, and <clears throat> he has outdone the other cucks, both white and black, that we've had as Memphis mayors. He won't not only denounce the black thuggery and uh, violence that we have in Memphis, he called a summit meeting, a secret summit, with all the gang leaders in Memphis to see what would satisfy them. And we now know 
what uh, satisfies them. They all want six-figure salaries and uh, jobs. If they get that, uh, then they will call off their uh, violence and depredations against us and against the citizenry at large. So uh, that's a, a well, we're so glad to find out that the solution is that simple, James. <laughs> it was something else, man, just going crazy. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, Paul tends to feature – He's going to be on the show tonight, by the way. He was scheduled to be Paul on. Paul Kersey, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Paul Kersey. He was scheduled to be on last week, but uh, he had unavoidable uh, conflicts arise, and he's going to be on this uh, Saturday night, and we're all looking forward to that. Paul is always a great content creator, and he focuses on black-white issues. So that's uh, something that uh, – is near and dear to our hearts here, so we always love to hear from Paul. Paul's uh, Paul seems to work a lot with American Renaissance, and he's uh, we've had him on the show several times. He used to have a website called Stuff Black People Don't Like, SBDTL, uh, or something like that. And anyway, <clears throat> he always had great things. He had one, uh, he had articles about different cities in america and particularly in the american south that are majority black and used to be thriving of uh, uh, prosperous metropolises and now they've uh, turned into uh, uh, third world hell holes basically because of uh, diversity inclusion uh, equity type of uh, initiatives that have uh, come across in fact that you know the point is and he makes it very well Black people were better off in segregation. They had their own neighborhoods. They were in charge of them. Most of the businesses were owned by local blacks at the time. Uh, they had a whole society within a society. And I think now, if they could get it back, they would. Because now, if you go into a black neighborhood, all the businesses are owned by immigrant outsiders for the most part. Uh, the upper classes and the middle classes have left, leaving only the poorest people, and they've become uh, criminal hellholes. <clears throat> and this is something that was unnecessary. And see, it's the type of thing, just like the decline of American public education after the Brown versus Board of Education decision decreed that we had to have racially integrated public schools. Since that time, there's been a steady decline in American public education, which no one will acknowledge, no one will talk about in the mainstream. Uh, instead, we just uh, celebrate Martin Luther King. We celebrate the Brown decision. We celebrate Rosa Parks as if they wrought great and wonderful changes in America. Well, they did rot great changes but they were not so wonderful in fact everything in america has declined in a societal uh, way since the advent of the civil rights movement and so we're looking forward to talking with uh paul about that i think paul has a couple of books that are coming out and he wants to uh plug those on the show and of course we're more than happy to do that with him uh then We've got Paul Fromm, who I'll never forget when he came through town selling his books and whatnot. We went out to the Shoney's. I think it's the, the last Shoney's on earth <laughs> that we went to. And uh, he gave a speech. We had part of the restaurant cordoned off. 
Paul is great. Paul has been a stalwart in our movement since the old days. He was involved almost from the very beginning, and he is still involved in it. Uh, he's he's our uh, man, go-to man in uh, the, at least the western part of Canada and really all of Canada, the old English-speaking Canada. He's the guy, okay? We have a guy that does is our uh, representative in the French-Canadian area. But uh, now, but the, the one we've had the longest is Paul. We know them all. And uh, the, we have gotten to the bottom of our first uh, snafu here. I uh, typed the wrong number. You know these European numbers are long. Do you know how long they are? It's like 25 digits to call somebody. Yeah, if you it's... don't get those wrong, you're not trying. <laughs> well, and all you got to do is get one digit wrong, and you're not going to reach the guy. And uh, so that's what happened. That was on me, not Tom, not the producers. So we are going to take this first break here in a moment. We're going to recalculate, recalibrate, and then hopefully the rest of the month will go a little bit smoother than this, uh, this first uh, landing. But uh, we'll By the way, we call it March Through the World because... It happens in the month of March. Wasn't that clever? But nonetheless. Yeah, March uh, around the world. That's right. Too clever by half, apparently, this first segment anyway. But uh, anyway, we'll get there, folks. It's live radio. We like to prove it from time to time. So uh, I just sent the third number. The third number should be the one that works. We'll see. Uh, for Tom Sunick, he is uh, frantically texting me, and I'm frantically texting back, and uh, we'll get there. But uh, anyway, a lot of fun to be had. I'll tell you who's coming up next week. I'm sweating now after all this uh, disaster. But uh, next week, we'll have Nick Griffin back uh, from, from England. Nick Griffin is in Italy tonight, as it turns out, and uh, making some big news. He just got uh, denounced by name by the, what is he, East African Indian Punjabi Prime Minister. Uh, Nick's back in the news big time. For some, Georgia uh, Maloney was the uh, Well, I'm minister. talking about the Prime Minister of the U.K. Okay, oh, okay. So oh, yeah, that guy. He was, yeah. Now, yeah, he, he's in Italy, but was denounced by the prime minister. Uh, all right. And uh, so we'll get to him next week. But first, let's skip this break. Mr. We got producer. Tom Terrific. We got Tom Terrific. Sorry, Tom. Entirely my fault. I'll take ownership. The buck stops here once again. I gave him the wrong number. So sorry for the delay. Tom's already up 1 a.m. in Central Europe. Welcome, Dr. Tom Sunik, a former Croatian uh, diplomat. Uh, he <laughs> served, of course, all around bon vivant. <laughs> For the Croatian uh, government in Zagreb, London, Copenhagen, and Brussels. Uh, also a professor, author of many books. You know him well. You love him. Tom, how are you doing tonight? Thank you very much. I'm sorry about this uh, wrong connection. Something went wrong with my laptop or yours. I was getting a little bit panicky, but thanks anyway for establishing contact with me. No, no, thank you. To, uh, well, all the best to all you the best and our to audience. And our audience wishes all the best to you. So let's get down to it. How are we doing in Zagreb tonight, that city with ancient European architecture and culture? Certainly a fine place for a man, an academic of your prowess to set up shop. Uh, how are we doing over there? We like to check in on our distant ports of call throughout the uh, Western world and even the eastern most parts of the Western world. How are our people doing in Croatia tonight, Tom, and in the Balkans? And then we'll get into the topics you wanted to discuss. Sure. Sure. Well, let me try to summarize it at first a little bit. Here are some reminders from the last time. Now, uh, uh, Croatia is a small country, as you all know. It has only three and a half million citizens. It is located right in the heart of Europe. We are about a, an hour and a half from uh, from the Hungarian border here from Zagreb, about two hours to Klagenfurt, to Austria, about three hours to Venice. So, 
this tells you again that uh, we are in the proximity of all major events here in Central Europe. Five hours drive to, to Munich. Now, uh, as I already emphasized last time, one good thing about Croatia, it's a very homogenous country. It, for the time being, it's all very white. It's all European. And of course, how do you manage that, by good. the way? I imagine no. easily, right, Tom? You manage that pretty easily compared to what we uh, suffer. No, I mean, in, in how do you manage to keep well, the outsiders listen, outside? Oh, 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 I see. I, I guess, well, things are not very, very bright, you know, I can tell you. For the time being, we are still very homogenous. And let me tell you one thing, and we'll come to the point now, but this uh, great re replacement, as we call it here, and as you call it there as well. Now, <clears throat> Croatia ranks among the, safe, the safest country in Europe, according to CNN polls and, of course, according to New York Times polls. Now, you know what this thing, what this word safest means. Actually, it refers to racially homogenous ethnic white country. But, of course, for obvious uh, linguistic and semantic reasons, we are not supposed to use that expression, which sounds quite quite disturbing for the for the league quite uh, accurate. for what they call words versus signal or sign or signalers in, in the states and here in Europe. Now having said that keep in mind that over the last year the situation over the last two years the situation has dramatically changed. In fact it is changing. Croatia is uh, receiving more and more of foreign under quotation marks workers, especially from uh, Asian, South, uh, South Asian countries, including, of course, from distant Asia, such as Afghanistan, Pakistan, and elsewhere. So as of now, according to recent polls as of yesterday, Croatia is, of course, we have three and a half million citizens. We have lost over the last 20 years half a million citizens, but we have gained, under quotation marks again, over 45 Southern Asians. Now, these are workers. These are not these are not quote unquote illegal migrants. Now we gotta first clarify clarify some expressions before we continue our discussion. As far as those illegal migrants are concerned, they keep coming and coming. Fortunately, again, and I gotta put things all under quotation marks, they are not staying in Croatia. They're headed Oh, they're heading. They're headed for the La La Land in the north. I should say, more Germany, prosperous corners nearby. And of course, because they get more of a social service, uh, it's a different ball game. But I'm talking now specifically about uh, about Croatia, the non-Croat uh, South Asian workers that have established themselves for the time being in Croatia, and that most likely in the months to come will bring their families. And then the problem will start. Now, as I keep saying, let's on the optimistic, optimistic side, we are still doing fine. Croatia is the most homogenous country, very conservative, very Catholic. So, of course, I would invite all of our friends, especially you Southerners, folks, I love you Southerners, to come over and possibly examine the opportunities of, you know, settling down in Croatia. I'd prefer myself to see a million and a half uh, South Africans, European South Africans, move over to Croatia, but of course our government is pursuing a somewhat different policy. I don't know if I can continue, if I have a few more, more minutes left, so I can tell you a few more things on the international level, if you don't Yeah, mind. take your time, Tom. We were late getting, do you take all the time we need? we got a bunch of questions when you're ready to pause. All right, now, let me start first, and let's, let's just slow down a little bit, and I'm sure there might be some questions. Uh, as, as far as the present international position of Croatia is concerned, 
Now, James, as if you want to assess the situation in Croatia, both at the, from the international perspective and from the domestic perspective, you always got to keep in mind uh, we got to keep it, uh, we have to have the backdrop of the war in Ukraine, which is about 600 miles from here. Now, Kiev is a little bit further up, you know, about 800 miles. And, of course, against the backdrop of the war in Gaza, in the Middle East, and, of course, those two issues are deeply, deeply polarizing, not just the academics and the intellectuals and the public uh, on the left and on the right side of the political spectrum, but also people within the left and within the right. So uh, quite a few of uh, Christian nationalists, you can put it that way. Let, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Tom, real quick. What, how does What's the breakup between conservatives and liberals among the Croatians? Is it about 50-50? As Americans something? would understand the question. Well, I guess, you know, by and large, by and large, even the bulk of our, of our army and the police, because I know those quotes, quotes quite well, I'm talking about the lower level you know, officials and so on. They're very much on the right. They're very conservative. You know, even Croats in America, you know, they, they all vote Trump. I can tell you that Croatia has traditionally been a very anti-communist and very anti-liberal country. Again, I don't want to now go into semantics and, uh, and talk about those uh, semantic distortions as far as the concept, concept of liberalism is concerned. But there are still, especially now in the European Union, and, of course, uh, by proxy, there are quite a few of people on the left. And, of course, there are old, I can say it, old uh, remnants of the former Communist uh, League and their, and their progeny, of course, who are much more on the left. And, of course, they are not, not, not following the Eucharist and not following the decrees and the edicts of uh, Moscow, for that matter, Communist Belgrade. 40, 50 years ago. Now they are following the edicts of, you know, as you can imagine, of Brussels, Strasbourg, and to a large extent of Biden's D.C. Okay, this is where where those uh, opinion makers in, in Croatia uh, stand. Now keep in mind, again, despite the fact that we got rid of, of communist Yugoslavia, this promiscuous multicultural entity, which didn't last very long, you know, you remember what happened 30 years back here, we had a war, you know. But uh, despite all of this, Croatia still has this, uh, uh, to a large extent, especially among academics and uh, not all of them, but just a few major players that still has this uh, uh, mentality, this mindset of, of uh, communist Yugoslavia, which is quite, quite, uh, and of course they've replaced it now with this, uh, with another utopia of the European Union, and they call it now. Everybody, okay, if I can just put it somewhat, somewhat uh, graphically, once upon a time they would all, like 56 years ago, they were all, uh, enthralled with this issue of uh, communist Belgrade or communist Moscow, but now, they, of course, they have to make pilgrimages to, as uh, the first place, of course, is Tel Aviv, and then by detour, they got to go to Strasbourg, <laughs> Brussels, and then, of course, Washington, D.C. This is like the pilgrim, pilgrim, pilgrimages of initiation in a good behavior, in a politically correct, how, how can we call it, self uh, Self-virtue uh, signaling, we can put it that way. So again, I'm not happy with that. But again, as far as the bulk of the Croatian people is concerned, they're very much on the right, very conservative, very Catholic, very church-going. And, uh, well, 
very much pro-American. They like the American people, and <laughs> most of them vote Trump. What is the church? What is the primary church over there, Tom? Oh, no, right. Catholic. Is it Roman Catholic, or is there some Eastern Orthodox? Uh, what, what, how yes, do, how there are Christians no, no, about 50,000, not quite quite so many. Of course, there are Muslims as well, you know, Croat Muslims. I keep in mind, again, they're not Muslims. Uh, they're not uh, North North African Muslims, for that matter. Um, uh, what do you call it? Muslims from Bangladesh, other than, you know, foreign workers, whatever that means. Uh, they're autochthon, uh, self-growing Muslims, because keep in mind, of course, quite a few Slavs in the 16th century were Christians, and then afterwards, under the Turkish onslaught, they 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 uh, they rebaptized. In fact, they they accepted the Islamic uh, Islamic uh, faith of the 16th century, but they look very much European and so on. Of course, there is a certain division. I keep in mind, and I got to be a little bit critical, if you don't mind. Just as much as we can all praise and, you know, write and, and uh, eulogies about the whites and so on, keep in mind that there are quite a few of uh, distinctions and quite a few of uh, resentments between and among whites all over Europe, you know, be it uh, Poles against the Germans, so for that matter, you know, Baltic, uh, Baltic uh, nationalists who... No, I don't want to say all of them, but quite a few of them have sided up, you know, with the Ukrainian nationalists. And, of course, you know, the Serbian nationalists are far more in line with the Russian nationalists. I'm just giving you a rough picture. And, of course, there are always exceptions. Whereas Croatian nationalists, quite a few of them, I know some of them, are fully in support of Ukraine. And I know quite a few of them who fight on the, on the Ukrainian side. And I think this is a very sore point, and I don't think we should... I don't think this is a good idea. It's a, it's a disastrous idea for all of us because, as I keep saying, just as much we gotta uh, we gotta nourish our cultural memory and our historical memory, but if you push it too far, it can have a very bad consequence. Well, uh, Tom, of this course, actually you know, leads we'll me. Benefit from it. Oh yes, this and, and this actually leads me to a question from the outline that you sent that I'd like to jump on right now before the break, and we can continue this discussion after the break. I've got several, I think, piercing questions into uh, the mindset and the current makeup of Central Europe that will be of interest to the audience. But you had, you had written to me that uh, even though Croatia is homogeneous, uh, uh, very homogeneous, it's very white, very conservative, as as we would understand Croatian. Uh, but it is also uh, the the government itself is servile. You write to the pro Biden policy in the forefront of military assistance to Ukraine, which you're just touching on. Whereas neighboring Serbia, which is just right across the uh, border to the east, is pro Putin. How did that uh, shake out? Yes, that's a very good point. And thanks for reminding me of it. Serbia, as of now, of course, they are not members of the European Union. Serbia. Serbia is not a member. It's not a member of NATO either. Croatia is a full-fledged member of NATO, <laughs> and Croatia is a full-fledged member. Of, we're also in the Schengen Agreement and everything. And, of course, you know, Croats, I, guess, I don't know if it's genetic or not, they sometimes double down on this on this. Uh, uh, on these allegiances, on these foreign allegiances, probably it has to do with our 
drastic past yet during the Second World War, of course, Croatia, very similar to Germany. Croats have traditionally been our uh, Germans have been traditionally our best friends. But Croats also do suffer a great deal of this from this self-denial. So now to sort of offset this quote-unquote fascist past during the Second World War, keep in mind Croatia was the last ally of National Socialist Germany until 1945, even when Germany surrendered, Croats still fought on the fascist side. <laughs> so all this uh, considered, you know, it may probably explain this self-stigmatizing or self-denying. I don't know if this is the right word in English, self-stigmatizing war uh, mindset of the Croatian government, which is truly now doubling down on on its pro-Jewish, pro-Israeli, pro-American, pro pro-Biden. And i got to say pro-Biden. I'm talking about the government. I'll keep in mind. You've got to make a yes. distinction between the government and the people, all right? Absolutely. Hey, Tom, hold on right there. And I'm particularly, one thing i got to import, import. We're ahead. just coming up on a break. I hate to interrupt you right now. I know we're late getting to you. Uh, we got sure, you go loud and clear now. We have to take a hard break. Can't skip this one. But we're going to come back, and I want to double down on the point you are, ex- you are making, that there is always a difference between the government and the people, or at least in many cases, and in this case there is. Uh, and it'll be something that uh, our listeners can certainly relate to. We'll be right back with the one and only Dr. Tom Sue. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. If you get COVID, you don't have to lock yourself away for five days. The CDC changing the guidelines, but you should still stay at home and away from others at least 24 hours after symptoms get better and you don't have a fever without medication. The CDC said during those five days after you are feeling better and without a fever, you should still wear a mask, keep a distance from others, get tested and wash your hands or use hand sanitizer. President Joe Biden said the U.S. is reaching out with help for the people of Israel and Palestine in the Gaza Strip. In the coming days, we're going to join with our friends in Jordan and others in providing airdrops of of, uh, additional food and supplies. He talked about what he called the tragic and alarming event in North Gaza on Thursday when more than 100 people died as they rushed food aid trucks and Israeli forces who were guarding those trucks opened fire. Michelle Traconis, who stood trial in connection with the disappearance of Jennifer Dulos, her live-in boyfriend's estranged wife, has been found guilty on all counts. Jennifer Dulos, a Connecticut mother of five, disappeared on May 24th of 2019 during a custody dispute with her estranged husband, Fotis Dulos. Her body has never been found, but the judge did declare her legally dead. Fotis Dulos died by suicide in January of 2020, weeks after he was charged in Jennifer Dulos' murder. Prosecutors allege that Fotis Dulos killed his estranged wife in her garage and had his girlfriend, Traconis, help him clean up the scene and dispose of garbage bags in various dumpsters around Hartford. She will be sentenced May 31st. This is USA News. Hey, here's a question. After you wear your clothes, you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody wants to wear dirty clothes. So how do we don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on. Your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. But with Skechers, you can. Because most Skechers are machine washable. That's right. Skechers are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new. And when they look new, you can confidently wear them longer. 
that's less shoes you're going to want to throw away, which means less waste. And it'll save you tons of dough. I love that. Plus, machine washable Skechers are for the whole family, men, women, and kids. So when your kids get their shoes dirty, oh, and we know they will, just wash them. Brilliant. And even our latest technology, new hands-free Skechers slip-ins are washable. You just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes. So give your Skechers the same treatment you give your clothes. Just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new. Find machine washable Skechers at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com All right, trying to make haste uh, and make up for lost time at the beginning of the hour with the one and only Tom Sunich, who is kicking off TPC's 2024 March Around the World series. Dr. Sunich, former diplomat with the Croatian government, an author, professor, author of the books uh, Homo Americanus, Child of the Postmodern Age, and so many others, which you can find at his website and uh, at finer booksellers, Arctos, uh, I think Amazon. Well, they used to have them. Well, anyway, find them if you can. Uh, anyway, uh, back with Tom Sunich now. Uh, Tom, we were you were making the point right before the hard break that we had to take that, uh, of course, there's a difference between the government and its people oftentimes. And you're talking about how wonderful Croatia is in so many ways, very homogenous, uh, very conservative, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, but that the government itself, and I, I actually learned something that was fascinating to know that uh, the Croatians were continuing the cause of the Axis even after Germany itself surrendered. That was uh, that was fantastic. A lot, a lot of Americans don't understand all these different permutations you have between different uh, 
national groups in Europe, you know, uh, they don't realize the Poles hate the Russians, the Russians hate the Poles. And well, there's been a like lot that. of different, yes, the international disputes over there, to say the least, going back many centuries. But you were talking about the Croatian government, though, in spite of the what would be compared to what America has become, just a wonderful population. The Croatian uh, government being servile to the, uh, the pro-Biden policy in the Ukraine, whereas neighboring Serbia which has always had a tense relationship in recent history with and uh, Croatia. And they've also had a, cra- a close relationship with Russia. Uh, it, 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 but yes, uh, so they are pro-Putin. So continue to explain, Tom. Well, first, you know, look at the cultural uh, issue. Most Croats, well, all, all 85% of Croats are Catholic, are Catholic, whereas the Serbs, they're mostly Christian Orthodox. You know, historically speaking, Serbs have been you know, both historically, culturally, you know, anthropologically, whatever you want to put it, more aligned with Russia. You know, Russia is, is a sort of a mythical uh, symbolic uh, for, for many Serbs, you know, and Moscow, you know, is, is, is considered still like a spiritual Catholic for, I'm sorry, spiritual uh, uh, religious place. Well, you know, that's how Serbs. World War One started. Yeah. It was uh, the Russians Absolutely. coming to the aid and of, of the course, Serbs. You know, our differences and our resentments, you know, just go back, you know, to the first, well, even prior to the First World War, even to the Berlin Congress in the late uh, 19th century. But I wouldn't like now to, to pester you, your audience with all those issues. Unfortunately, those issues play sometimes a very important and sometimes a very devastating role in, in Europe for all white Europeans, you know, just as much as we can, as I mentioned earlier, make laudatory statements about the Europeans and our big culture and so on. One thing I find certainly much more advantageous in the United States, especially among whites in the United States, regardless whether they live in Juneau or for that matter in, in Ottawa or down down in, uh, in, in Mississippi, at least we have, at least they or we, I consider myself also American in a certain sense. We do have a common common ground. We have a common one language, and of course, we are less in the United States of America. People are less bedeviled, so to speak, with those tribal issues as in Croatia, or for that matter, in Estonia or in Czechia. Why, for instance, is Finland? Why, for instance, are many Baltic uh, Baltic nationalists? And I'm going to be soon their guest in in a. I got to mention that in Helsinki there will be a large conference of European nationalists in, uh, in April, and I will advertise that. And of course, most of the people there will come from Sweden, from Finland, and from Northern Europe. And those people, those nationalists, will share many, many things in common with me and you. They are hardcore anti, anti-communist, anti-Bolshevik. They are, of course, very critical of this politically correct, you know whatever you call it, cancel culture, government in the Western Europe and in the United States of America. But at the same time, they are far more pro-Ukrainian. How can I put it? They are far more aligned with with the historical aspirations of Ukraine than than with Putin's Russia. On the other hand, you have folks in the French nationalists, and I know quite a few of them, they have, they have been traditionally also much more in favor. I don't want to say pro-Putin. That's not a good word. But they have been far more critical of Ukraine and far more, how can I say it, um, they've been 
they've, they've been actually advocating the ceasefire, and they've been, well, I hate to say it, been pro-Russian, but they've been certainly uh, more in, in line with the Russian historical aspirations and their and their explanation of the crisis in uh, eastern Ukraine than uh, than is the case with, let's say, the Baltic nationalists. I Tom, let me ask you this. this. is a very heavy-handed issue, but I guess we've got to really grasp it well if you want to understand the politics of Europe, because, again, keep in mind in Europe, in the European continent, there's about 35 nations, and they'll probably add to that of uh, 10 different minorities, and then, of course, add to that also... Uh, more than 50 million, well, 40 million, I'm sorry, 40 million non-European migrants all over the European Union. Mm. So, again, this makes a, a not a very pleasant uh, place. Uh, and, of course, you sometimes uh, wonder what's going to happen next. And, uh, and of Tom, course, let me ask you. Just as much as this. Sure. Let me interrupt very quickly here just to ask you before we hit this next break. Uh, I, I want to be sure to work this in because it is tangential to what you're talking about sure. here. I think, uh, in some ways, the new U.S. ambassador to Croatia. So, of course, you have a diplomatic background in having served in an official diplomatic yeah. capacity for Croatia. The new U.S. ambassador to Croatia is Natalie Reyes, a left-leaning Hispanic woman, likely nominated by Biden on the basis of affirmative action and racial quota uh, procedure. Yeah, uh, what, what is what's she doing to Croatia? <laughs> Well, she was nominated. As far as I know, she was nominated. In fact, she was sworn in by Kamala Harris a couple of months ago. And she actually, when, again, if you look at her background, of course, she was involved with different Hispanic and Latino groups. And I presume she probably has to, she has to, uh, she's one of those, uh, what do you call it, affirmative action type of a, uh, appointees by, by Biden, you know, given the fact that most of his uh, staff in the Biden's administration just look at it, look at the profile of it, and you sometimes wonder how many Europeans are going to be left, you know, in the, in the in the in the months or actually in the years to come. Who knows what's going to happen? Just, now, look, just beware, uh, Tom. Just, she's going to be looking for uh, anti-Hispanic uh, bias over there in Croatia. I doubt that she'll find any. Yes, <laughs> well, you know. Let me tell you one thing. She passes. She can pass off very easily for a, for a Croat. She can pass off for a, for a for a Italian or French or so on. But one thing is, I don't want to now go into the speculations about different genotypes and haplotypes, you know, which is to some extent also the subject I'm dealing much very extensively. I've been dealing with that. But I don't know if you're familiar with the racial hierarchy even among the Hispanics on the West Coast, you know. Like she looks very, very European and she has a higher status than a guy than some, I don't want to use the word half-breed, you know, from from uh, somebody or from some falafel down in Brazil. I don't know if you get my point, because I met when Mestizos. I was a prof back in... Yes, in fact, when I was a prof down back in Fullerton in Cal State Long Beach 30 years back, I noticed that even the Hispanics, so that they make a difference among themselves, let alone that when I was a diplomat, if you look at the diplomatic corps in Mexico, for that matter, even in Venezuela, the lady is from Venezuela, from Venezuela. She was born there, and then she moved to the state, this new ambassador. But even you look, you look at them, they know how to very well, very elegantly, in a convoluted fashion, they know how to highlight and how to showcase their quote-unquote European uh, uh, European background, European pedigree. I don't know if you get my point that I'm making, you know. And when I was no, I, I get it very in, well. In, 
in Fullerton, I had a lady, in fact, they were from 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 Mexico, and they they look quite white, blonde hair, you know, folks of Irish, Irish background, high caste, German background, high caste Mexican, high tone, as I used to say. And of course, they sometimes had to piggyback on there. Even the lady, I know the lady, she was pure pure German, my student, a grad student. She actually told me, she, look, Tom, I'm going to change my name from Schmidt into Gonzalez because it's probably going to help me. Can you imagine this is 40 years back? <laughs> this is going to help me get a better perk you know, in the government in the government system. So I presume, look, let's try to enter their mind. You know, I guess I assume that even this lady, That's Fanny Willis, and yeah. for that matter, this lady Chutkamp, whatever her name is, let alone those guys who are sitting in the, in the government. You know. And, of course, you have the overlords, and we are not going to be too explicit among them because this is the first government, to my knowledge, ever since Andrews from Jackson, I don't know, that is very heavily, heavily Jewish, you know, in, in terms of its ethnic composition. Let's call it racial composition. So this is, this is something that, for the time being, Croatia has been able to avoid because whether we like it or not, let's just put it bluntly, multicultural or multiracial systems do not work, James. I'm sorry to tell you, they don't work. It's a recipe. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to apologize for that truth. That is uh, no, a we're, truth. We're, we're very much aware of that. That is a truth from Dr. Tomislav Sunic that you would do well to remember. Folks, one more segment as we check on the pulse of our people throughout the European world. We're in Croatia tonight with one of its finest champions, Dr. Tom Sunic. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. We are kicking off 
kicking off TPC's 2024 March Around the World in Croatia. We're in Zagreb tonight where it's uh, nearing 2 a.m. in the morning. Tom Sunich has been so kind to give us uh, his time, especially in these uh, early morning hours uh, over there in that part of the world. We are live, not pre-recorded or anything like that. And I'm looking at the map of Croatia right now. Well, I'll get to that in just a second. Just to, just to summarize, I think, some of the things we've covered so far, Tom is talking about Croatia is still the safest country in the EU. So if you're looking to flee multicultural and multiracial America for greener pastures and safer environments, he says he invites all U.S. patriots to consider moving to Croatia. It's not a bad offer if you can do it. Uh, the safest country in the EU. There has been, of course, an arrival, as they are, as there are in all white nations, of uh, non-whites, uh, people from Nepal and Croatia's, uh, specifically people from Nepal, Pakistan, Indians, all doing menial jobs in constructions, the service industry, etc. Uh, we know all about that, but it's still overwhelmingly white. So check it out. Uh, certainly, in a better position than America is long term right now. But I'm looking at the map of Croatia right now, Tom, and I want to publicly thank you for this, uh, as well as Paul Fromm, who's going to be coming on next. Uh, My wife, and I mentioned this back last December, my wife uh, was doing a homeschooling project where we were teaching uh, our kids uh, about the different nations of the world, and we asked some of our international friends if they would participate, and uh, Tom Sunich participated, Paul Fromm, uh, Nick Griffin, and and several others, Andrew Fraser, uh, a lot of our international guests. Wonderful, wonderful package from Tom and his wife. I will never forget that kindness, Tom. I want to thank you publicly for that uh, and the maps and everything you you, you sent. I could look at a map for hours. And uh, anyway, I'm looking at the map of Croatia right now. And it sets, uh, it's an interesting location in, in uh, the European world, right at the northernmost boundary of the Mediterranean Sea, uh, just to the it's east. It's the Adriatic Sea, isn't it? Mm, I believe that's the, well, they may call it both, but it, it looks like the Mediterranean there. But uh, anyway, uh, Italy is to the west, Slovenia to the north, obviously Serbia. Uh, to the east, Hungary to the northeast, uh, a little bit to the south. You've got Albania, Macedonia, Greece. You know, when you, you think about the nations of the world, really the only ones you ever hear about are in, in any, to any large extent are the United States, Russia, China, Brazil. the United Kingdom, obviously Israel, God knows. Uh, but do any of these smaller European <laughs> nations have any agency? Do they desire to have any agency beyond the European Union or the United Nations? Or are they like Greta Garbo and just want to be left alone? Where do our people have the most hope right now, Tom? Well, of course, as a former diplomat, of course, Croatia is quite a good diplomat. Of course, had a perfect relationship with the United States. Uh, It has its embassies and its consular uh, outposts all over the world. Although this is a separate matter, I'm not quite happy with how they portray and how they advocate the Croatian cause outside in the wider world. And uh, I don't know exactly what do you what do you mean by the agencies? In, well, what I was saying uh, is, again, if any of them wanted to, Croatia has to be in a lockstep with uh, with uh, that's the, the question by the European. No, I mean and certainly course, yes, they they are a fully. Uh, Operating, you know, government. Do they want to have a bigger footprint in the world, or are they content to be not 
that prominent in it. Well, no, I'm just, I think what I'm asking, Tom, is if any of these European nations wanted to take a stand for the historic majority of Europe, could they get away with it or, or any doing that in some implicit ways? Like Hungary is doing now. Again, keeping me on Hungary is a good point. Indeed, I have a high high opinion. I have hold him in high esteem. Uh, Prime Minister Orban, he's doing a good job, but he has been ostracized. He has been uh, booted most, more or less, you know, by all European governments. Of course, he's not a politically correct uh, politician, all the more as he is a very, very much in favor of not breaking up, of, uh, of, of not breaking up all ties with Russia. So, but there are, there are very rare politicians like him in Europe. Now, our prime minister, I happened to know him once when I was a diplomat. He was my co-worker as well, and I was a little bit older. And I'm not quite happy. I can tell you that quite openly. I'm not happy with his uh, servile or docile, so to speak, uh, subservient. What's the better adjective we can pick? You know, towards uh, the quote-unquote what they call it, Western, Western values and Western government and whatever that word means. And again, it means homosexuality, particularly, particularly. <laughs> Harmful, especially now, and I mentioned, I, I forgot to mention that with this new labor law being enacted now on behalf of foreign migrants. Now, of course, look at the lingo, foreign migrants, you know, we know exactly what that means. It's not the migrants coming from Denmark or from Sweden or from that matter, you know, from we go. south like you, from Marcus. This is, this is actually the provision that will facilitate, this is a new, it was enacted yesterday, actually it's being enacted right now, it's going to be adopted by our parliament in the next few days. It will facilitate the arrival of what they call it family reunion of the Nepalese family members of their kins, next of kins. You understand the, the ramifications of these laws. And, of course, our servile government, if I can put it that way, they always somehow miraculously end up with the majority in the parliament. They will enact a law, and you know what that means in terms of our demography, in terms of our births. You know, Croatia, i got to tell you one also tragic thing. You know, the Croatian women are good-looking and so on. We don't want to sound like machos. It's a good and proud people. They're good <laughs> fighters, good soldiers, and what have you. But our, our, our birth rate is tragic. It's the worst in Europe. We have lost over the last really? 20 years, literally, wow. over 500,000 young Croats, of course, who left for better pastures in, 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 to Ireland or to Germany and elsewhere. So, again, we are, we are facing a disaster. So instead of having people Tom, I want to ask from you. South Asia, I'd certainly prefer to have people come from Orania, from South Africa, or for that matter, you know, come and come from from uh, whatever, you know, from Mississippi. And I, I know exactly what's going on in Georgia. <laughs> well, Mississippi but, girls, i tell you what. I mean, this is a heavy topic. Yeah, well, we'll come over there and try to boost your white population. Right? <laughs> well, no, yeah, right. By all Mississippi. means, you guys, look, look, I'm sorry. I don't want to guys take too much of your time. There are quite a few of them. We have quite a few of Croat Americans. Of course, they're immediately entitled to their to their to the the Croatian citizenship, but I know also some Americans. Of course, you know some of them also very well. They're good friends. They're working on their paperwork, and you know, most likely they'll become a Croatian citizens. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. We might end up with a third world war, but you know, do examine, do ex explore some different possibilities. 
Look what the Israeli lobby is doing in the United States of America. They all, you know, they have a safe passage. They have a, they've sort of assured themselves for, you know, they, you have to have, that's a good expression, window of opportunity. You never know what's going to happen. And I certainly, if you have friends or colleagues that, who are serious people who are law-abiding citizens, if I can be of any assistance, I might probably uh, suggest them some. You have been some of assistance to this program and to our people at large in your part of the world, in the Balkans, with that fascinating history throughout uh, the rest of Western Europe and uh, the United States and abroad. You have been a national tre- an international treasure, Tom, and it's uh, an honor to know you and to work with you for all these years. And I would just like to ask you with two minutes left, uh, what's next for Tom Sunich? Uh, obviously, you are an international speaker. We had you in Dallas last fall. Wonderful event. Uh, you're all over the place all the time. You've got books. Let's talk about your books. Let's talk about your uh, forthcoming appearances where people can uh, meet you and interact with you. We've got two minutes. Go, Tom. All right. First, let me tell you, I got this uh, speech scheduled for in Helsinki on uh, 27th of April, a big meeting, big venue. And it's being organized by the uh, chapter of Europe Awakening, Europa Awakening. There's a very serious people uh, who will be attending this, and there are good speakers from Germany, from France, from uh, Slovakia, from Hungary as well. Uh, it's going to be top notch. And then let me tell you some good news as well. Uh, Kevin McDonald, a good friend of mine, our good friend of ours, he's, he's going to be visiting me and some good friends also here in Croatia the first uh, week of June. And uh, we're going to set up some informal meetings and some informal uh, talks for him, including some big-time physicians, doctors, biologists. Because I'll tell you, on a private, <laughs> on a private level, I feel much more comfortable with the uh, with the doc- with physicians and biologists than all those quote-unquote political scientists who rave about some multicultural world and who I have very bad op- opinion of. If, if, if you can follow me on that. Then what else I have? I have some good news. My book, Homo Americanus, is now has been translated into German. I went through it despite the fact that I read and, you know, I write German as well. But this gentleman who translated my book, Homo Americanus, is pre- the, the, the English edition is available on Amazon. You can write to me. I can send you the English edition. But then I'm happy that it's going to be published by a good uh, book publisher in Germany. What else? Also, my book, can you imagine? Uh, one of my book post-mortem report was translated into Serbian because, you know, as I keep saying, I don't base my, my Croatian nationhood and my Croatian sentiments on anti-Serbianism. Quite to the contrary. I try to establish good ties with them as well, regardless whether they're from Serbia or from Romania, Hungary, and everywhere else. So my book is going to come out in the Serbian language, in Cyrillic, in, a, in, a, in a, next month. So I got some good yeah, news as well as far as my... Tom, we're flat out of time. I would tell you. Well, listen, it's our honor, uh, especially for you staying up so late. It's easy for us to do the show. It's in prime time over here. But uh, for you to stay up to 1 a.m. certainly means a lot. Uh, For more information on Tom Sunich's books, uh, T-O-M-S-U-N-I-C, TomSunich.com, TomSunich.com. You can get more information. Tom's all over the place all the time. In Slovenia last year, I know, for a conference last summer. Fantastic man and a great hero for our people. We'll talk to him again soon, and we'll talk to you in the next hour. Stay tuned, everybody.